Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. <laughs> we got rid of Mark Cohen. Now it's Girls Go Wild in Tech with my dear friend, who I don't see often enough, Barb Dibwab from Mashable. I don't know what your official title is, Barb. What's your official title at the Mashable? We want to get all official. That would be Senior Tech Editor. Ooh, now just if you're if you're a geek, that gets you hot right there, doesn't it? <laughs> I hope so. Oh my gosh, we haven't talked forever. So tell me, what's going on? What's happening? Exciting. Um, the iPhone while, four. Yeah. The iPhone four. Yeah. Richard gave his. Uh, ideas on it and i heard something interesting a rumor on the web today about the ipad possibly coming out from verizon did you hear about that well you know we hear those rumors sort of all the time in in a constant cycle we hear them about the iphone as well uh i think it's inevitable that apple wants to get a larger install base and they they definitely want to get the better service from a company like verizon the problem is it's actually a different technology uh, based on the, the, the cell networks here in the U.S. So we're talking about the difference between a GSM antenna and a CDMA antenna. So Apple would af- actually have to make different hardware to make it run on Verizon. I think they want to do that. I think it's just a question of whether they're going to do it now for Verizon's current network or whether they're going to wait for Verizon to roll out their next generation network, which is their 4G network, uh, under the LTE technology, and that's rolling out within the next couple of years. So my guess is they're actually going to wait until next year, but it will happen eventually. Okay, since I'm not as smart as you, do you want to tell me <laughs> what is the <laughs> difference between the two antennas? Is so it just picking the, up a different signal? or? Yeah, it's being able to connect to these different networks. So <clears throat> in this country, CDMA equals... Sprint and Verizon, and the GSM carriers are AT&T and T-Mobile. Now, GSM is the technology that's used much more widely around the world. So if you have a GSM phone, you can probably take it to another country, pop out the SIM card, pop in a prepaid card, and be able to use your phone. Whereas, yeah, I did that. Um, I, borrowed, I borrowed an HTC phone when I spoke at the 140 in London, and I bought a prepaid SIM chip on eBay. <laughs> for like $5, and I got off the plane, and the phone worked. It was amazing. Yes, it's really convenient, uh, especially for people who travel internationally a lot. They definitely want to look more at the GSM phones on AT&T and T-Mobile. But the flip side of the equation is that Verizon and Sprint arguably have better networks in this country, and Verizon has the, the largest 3G network, and the service is arguably the best of the four. So you sort of have a trade-off. If you're an international travel, you definitely want to get on a GSM network, but if not, if you really want the performance and the service, that's why Verizon remains one of the most popular carriers here. Yeah, interesting. I'm on Sprint, and I was just in Las Vegas, and people are, you know, like not getting signals and every. Sprint has been absolutely flawless for me, I, except first I was in some city in Montana, and I did have a little issue. 
But my Sprint Signal, I, I got to hand it to them for price and quality, it has been really impressive for me. The other thing that Sprint has going for them is that they're going to be the first network in this country to roll out a 4G network, which theoretically is about 10 times faster than the current generation of 3G networks. And it's already rolled out in 25 markets. Uh, Las Vegas is actually one of them. And it's coming to at least another 12 markets before the end of the year. And Los Angeles will be one of them, which makes me very excited. And I think that's going to be a a real selling point for Sprint to sort of galvanize its uh, overall business. Uh, You know, it'll be early adopters for a while. Right now, the only phone that can even take advantage of 4G is the HTC Evo. That's what I wanted to ask you. So do you think Sprint will be rolling out new phones along with? And what type do you think they, they will be? you think the Windows phone is going to have any possibility of anything? <laughs> They're definitely going to be rolling out more phones that take advantage of 4G. I think we're going to see a lot of them running Android. Uh, I do think Windows Phone 7 series is going to, you know, make its pitch to sort of revitalize the Windows Mobile brand. From what we've seen of Windows Mobile 7, it's actually, it looks pretty good. They've reimagined it from the ground up. They've solved a lot of the sort of UI issues that were still plaguing the, the operating systems that made it hard to use as a touchscreen. Uh, there were still aspects of it where you wanted to have a stylus. And Windows Mobile 7 goes a lot farther towards true sort of touchscreen interfaces. So I think we will see more of those coming out. I'm not sure if Sprint specifically will be will be bringing them on but I definitely know that they're going to be backing Android for sure and we'll see more phones come out uh, on the 4G network. So are you a fan of the touchscreen keyboard or a good solid pop-out keyboard? Well, you know, I was a a, a Trio owner for a number of years and I really liked that physical keyboard um, of the Trio. But you know, it does give you so much more screen real estate if you can get rid of that physical keyboard. And I'm actually a Droid owner as well, and one of the reasons I wanted to get that phone was because it does have a physical keyboard. Unfortunately, it's not very good. (laughs) So I find out that I end up using the virtual keyboard anyway. It took me quite a while to sort of get familiar with the iPhone OS keyboard, and once you get really? up to speed, yeah, it, longer than I would have expected, and I still sort of find myself fumbling every once in a while and sort of turning off the autocorrect and turning it back on and, and still ha- have some issues with it, but I think the trade-off in terms of getting all of that glorious screen real estate back is definitely worth it. On the flip yeah. side, there are... There are BlackBerry owners who say, you know, you're going to pry this keyboard from my cold, dead hands. And <laughs> yeah, right. You see them <laughs> just BlackBerry away Yeah, it's a cult unto itself. And, of course, I'm the only one in the world who loves WebOS. I love oh, yeah, WebOS. Oh, God. I just, you know, multitasking. If the phone just had a little bit more memory, because I do run out of card space, but right. I think with HP buying it, I think we might have an opportunity for some really interesting stuff to come out. And if, you know, they're going to start with their uh, new phones and their pad before the end of the year, maybe that would be the key to the 4G network. That's true. I think that WebOS 
definitely is going to see some new life under the HP acquisition. We know they're going to try to use it for things like netbooks and tablets as well as probably smartphones. So it will be interesting to see sort of what they do with it, how that operating system evolves. There were a lot of people insanely excited when when WebOS first came out, and to this day there are some things in there that they do, I think, better even than the iPhone or Android, particularly in terms of sort of social integration. Oh, exactly. And a lot of people feel that way, and, and which makes me wonder, what was the death of Palm? What do you think was really the nail in the coffin? Uh, I think they weren't fast enough to get out new devices. Um, you know, the Palm Pre was a great flagship device. Um, the Pixie followed that, and then... After that, we saw two new handsets that were basically very small sort of iterations on those two phones. And I think if they would have sort of expanded that base a little bit more, maybe right. catered to a, a range of, of different devices, they, they would have done a bit better. They also had, you know, very stiff competition with the iPhone, as always, out yeah. there with the Mindshare. And, of course, Android over that same period an insane amount of growth, and which I think is a testament to their strategy of having a lot of you know device manufacturers making a lot of different Android phones. There's sort of this impression that there's something out there for everyone on Android, whereas with WebOS it was, well, you, you can either get the Pre or, or the Pixie, and if right, you don't exactly. want either, then you're not going to really be familiar with WebOS. Well, before we go to the break, and and I want to hear your A3 news, but we need a moment to bag on the Microsoft Kin. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This new phone, and I see the commercials. Oh, my God, it looks so hip, so cool, except I can't imagine anyone older than 16 wanting one. Have you tested one? Uh, I haven't had one in my hands. I've, I'm pretty familiar with the uh, with the hardware and of uh, the campaigns, the marketing campaigns, which, <laughs> as you note, have been uh, a little bit interesting, uh, entertaining, if nothing else. I think you're right. They are going for that specific market, that younger demographic who maybe they don't need the full power of a super-duper smartphone or they don't have Or the maybe they can't kind of afford the super-duper f- smartphone. That's a, that's another thing, too. You know, we live in the tech ethers, and we get to see all this stuff first, but the rest of the country, you know, it's a tough economy out there. It's true, and I think that's exactly the sweet spot that they're trying to hit. And it does bring in, the Kin does bring in some of those, smartphone-like features, you get, you know, a bit more functionality in terms of what you can do with the phone, what kind of social applications you can have on it, but it doesn't carry the same cost as uh, a full-featured smartphone. One of the big problems, though, is that it still carries the same data plan cost of a full smartphone, which I think was their big mistake there, because if you're pitching it to that market you'd want to see either cheaper data plans or the ability to have it without a data plan. Okay, I hear the music. We're going to go on a break, and when we get back, you tell me your excitement from E3. I'm sure it's going to be a lot better than Mark's. Oops. This is Marsha <laughs> Collier good. along with Barb Dibwad on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk.
You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. Well, they've done it again with the SSD Now V-Series Drive. If you truly want to enhance your system without breaking the bank, then you have to check this out. The V stands for value. This drive is available as a standalone unit or with their desktop or notebook bundle kit. The bundle kit even includes a Cronus True Image cloning software. SSDs use less power and have no moving parts. When using a notebook, less power means the difference between finishing a movie on an airplane before the battery dies. With no moving parts, an SSD is more durable to drops and shock. It will improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing life into an old system. When I choose memory or drives for my own computer, I always choose Kingston. Kingston has it all, quality, performance, and price. Go to kingston.com for more information. Install them in your computer. I promise you're going to love them. Are you frustrated by how little you understand about your computer or word processor? Or perhaps you'd just love to sell some of your very cool stuff on eBay? Do you think that reading a tech book would be just as hard? Enter the For Dummies series, famous for making great and easy-to-understand books on how to learn just about any subject in the universe. They have books like Laptops for Dummies, or Flipping Houses for Dummies, or even, you know, eBay for Dummies. The best thing about Dummies books is they're easy to read, easy to understand, and great fun. I've personally used many Dummies books, and everyone in the Dummies series is truly a learning adventure. What are you waiting for? Get off the couch. Run over to your computer and go to your favorite bookstore and get a For Dummies book today. Visit Dummies.com where you can find over a thousand topics to choose from. There's a Dummies book for you and every member of your family. Dummies books are brought to you by the great folks at Wiley Publishing. I know you're going to love them. I have some good news for a change. With the stressful times upon us, having a regular glass of wine has proved in many studies to reduce stress. Want some more stress-relieving tips? VinVillage.com is an exciting new social organization connecting wine lovers around the country with an exclusive local and online wine lifestyle experience. VinVillage members can meet others online and in person, attend wine dinners and tastings, participate in forums, blogs, and wikis, purchase limited and exclusive wines, even create your own wine. You heard me, create your own wine. And best yet, membership is free. So reduce some of the stress and have some fun. Join now and connect with thousands of other like-minded wine lovers. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com. That's www.vinvillage.com. Vinvillage is where wine lovers connect. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com. Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Haha, no Mark Cohen. I'm here with Barb Dibwad. That's such a mouthful. I love your Twitter name. If everyone <laughs> wants to follow her, on, she's just as pithy and smart on Twitter. She's Dr. Paradox, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-A-R-A-D-O-X on Twitter. Follow her. She's amazingly funny and smart and charming. So... 
Um, I didn't get to go to E3 because I was working. Mark went to E3 and I got a bunch of mm, stuff. But I know you went and I know you're going to have an interesting view on it. So can just roll with it. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you didn't love and what you think actually has a future. <laughs> totally. So the two biggest overall trends from this year's E3 were definitely motion control and 3D. So... With motion control, we saw Microsoft launch their Kinect system, and Sony launched their version of that, which is PlayStation Move. And both of these are essentially bringing those two consoles up to date with Nintendo, who really kicked off the motion control trend all the way back in 2006 when they launched the And Nintendo, too, has an update to that uh, control system that they're calling Wii Motion Plus, that basically makes that uh, a lot more accurate. The controller is able to pinpoint your location and your movements a lot more accurately. And of the three, I would say that Microsoft is the most, has the most compelling offering because the difference is that the Kinect actually doesn't require you to hold a controller at all. It's just a camera that you hook up to the Xbox 360 and it tracks your full range of motion, so you can interact with these games just by standing in your living room and waving your arms, jumping around, whatever you need to do. And they showed off a number of launch titles that are going to use this system, and they all looked very fun, uh, easy to access, very accessible, very family-friendly. A lot of their sort of demo stations were family-oriented, and it's a very intuitive system to use, whereas with the PlayStation Move, you still have to hold a controller, and that controller, it looks a little bit like a cross between a microphone and a roll-on deodorant <laughs> because it's got this <laughs> colored ball on the end of it, <laughs> and that's what, it, it, it's a camera system also, but it's using the camera to track uh, the end of that uh, controller. So you still have to hold that controller when you're playing the games. And sort of the the difference we noticed the most was when we compared their two dance games. Right. Uh, Kinect has a Dance Central game, which is made by MTV and Harmonix, the same folks who do Rock Band. And um, PlayStation has a SingStar karaoke game that uses the PS Move mm-hmm. uh, and a, a Just Dance uh, game. And with the connect, with Dance Central, you're just dancing, and it's it's a one-to-one relationship. You're looking at uh, an avatar on the screen, and you're mimicking what they're doing. And it's there's almost no lag. It's immediately uh, you're echoing their movement. It's very fun. You're not holding anything. You're just dancing. Whereas okay, so the, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say so. This, this title. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No worries. With the PlayStation title, you still have to actually hold the controller, and you're instructed to actually hold it close to your hips mm-hmm. so that the camera can track you, which is, you know, obviously that's not the most intuitive way to be playing a dance game. So no. I think that's one example of where Connect I think, is a little bit out ahead of the curve. All right, so I have two questions for you. Is Connect a wee killer? And second question is, there's something warm and fuzzy about sitting down in front of the TV at the end of the day, playing a nice sit-down game, 
even if you're shooting people, you're killing people, whatever you choose to do. <laughs> Um, hasn't, isn't gaming kind of been a relaxation thing? Do people really want to be all hopping around to play these games? So that's two questions. You know, yeah, I don't think it has to be an either or situation. I don't think it's a zero sum game. I don't think that we're going to see the death of, you know, games where you're sitting down holding the controller. Definitely the lion's share of what we saw at E3 was still traditional titles, huge blockbuster IPs and franchises that were getting sequels, things like Halo Reach, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Gears of War 3. Um, you know, th- those are titles that are sort of staple, hardcore gaming corner, and I don't think we're going to see those going away anytime soon. But I think what the motion control does is it sort of widens the range of the potential audience of people who might consider, they might not call themselves gamers per se, but they might be willing to hop in and, and play a dance game where they're just dancing around in front of the TV. So I think it's more about widening that range, uh, you know, opening up the market to a wider sector of, of potential gamers and, you know, making that relate to people who don't necessarily want to be the hardcore gamers sitting down and getting on multiplayer and, you know, shooting people in the head. It's it's, it's adding more options to them and not taking away. And I, I, I don't think, to answer the uh, Wii killer question, I don't think it will be a Wii killer. I think Nintendo still has its roster of, you know, franchises that people love, that a lot of people at this point now remember from their childhood, and it has that sort of nostalgia feel to it. And I think they did a really good job, too, at E3 in their keynote to really pull out the stops and bring back a lot of some of those classic franchises, like Zelda is going to get a new title. Well, I was, go- uh, was going to say, uh, I hate to admit this, because it's really pathetic, but I'm a huge Zelda fan. And I was able to download on my Wii some of the vintage Zelda games. <laughs> Love them, playing them again. And it's such a great release. So tell me, there's a new Zelda coming out like I'm all a flutter now. What, what is it supposed to be? It's uh, Zelda Skyward Sword. And it takes advantage of the new Wii Motion Plus system. Um, so you, you're actually at, uh, playing as Link and you can actually use the Wii Mote and the Nunchuck as if you were really holding a sword and a shield, uh, which is much more intuitive than the previous version. So, you know, you're taking the controller, you're hacking and slashing through enemies type of thing, and it's another sort of classic, epic Zelda adventure that Nintendo is is well known for. And, um, you know, people well, you know- who... You know, this is almost the example, you know, we all want 3D because we want to become part of the action. But, you know, and we won't get into the bazillion different 3D glasses that you need to do that. But by these new gaming systems, you actually become part of the game. And whether it's 3D or not, I don't think it makes any difference to you. I think you're right. I think that in some ways the motion control system is even more effective at making you feel like you're a part of the action because you're literally, your body is becomes the controller. You're actually doing these acts that your avatar is going to be mimicking on the screen, whereas with 3D, you still might be sitting down on the couch holding a controller. 
there, there's a visual effect. Certainly, it's pulling you further in. You've got the depth of field. You you can see more. You feel a little bit more present. But I think at the end of the day, the motion control is what's actually going to make you feel more part of the action, as if you yourself is, are actually driving the the action on the screen. So, what are you going to get? What what are you going to go out there and get? on these new ones. Are you going to get the Microsoft? Yeah, I'm a big 360 fan. Um, I, I do have all three consoles, and in, in order, I definitely play the 360 a lot more. I usually pull out the PS3 for PS3 exclusive titles. Um, so, you know, I'll probably end up picking up both systems. Definitely more excited about the Kinect and probably will end up playing it more. And... Um, Definitely, it is an exciting time for gaming. So, uh, oh, Barb, forward. it's like I hear the music. What the heck? I thought we had more time <laughs> than this. This is so not fair. I hope you'll be on with me again, Barb. You've been amazing, and you can follow Barb, Doctor Paradox, on Twitter and read her stuff on Mashable. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having this me. Is, oh, love you. This is Marsha Collier along with you've Mark been listening Cohen. to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. When it comes to purchasing your next digital camera, there is only one name you need to remember: Canon. Since 1996, Canon has sold more than 100 million compact digital cameras. Their product line covers the gambit from simple to shoot to the camera that the pros use, with eye-popping results. For those priceless family shots, Canon is the name you can trust. To check out their entire line, log on to Canon.com. That's the only name you need to know. Canon.com. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need, and each year they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD Now V series solid state drive can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It will improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced, and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30 gig Kingston V Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V Series SSD at www.kingston.com. Are you frustrated by how little you understand about your computer or word processor, or perhaps you just love to sell some of your very cool stuff on eBay? Enter the For Dummies series, famous for making great and easy to understand books on how to learn about any subject in the universe. They're easy to read, easy to understand, and great fun. For Dummies books are at bookstores everywhere, or visit dummies.com. Dummies books are brought to you by the great folks at Wiley Publishing. Improve your business today. Learn to do professional email marketing the right way with Captain Email. This is Chris Merks, president of WS Radio. For years, I've helped our WS Radio hosts, advertisers, and sponsors with their email marketing strategies. As a former Marine captain and an email marketing expert, I've created a new free club at CaptainEmail.com. 
From mission-based email marketing to your current customers with proven strategies to reach new prospects has positively impacted many of the businesses I've worked with. CaptainEmail.com includes resources to start and grow your email list, the top 10 email marketing tips, plus a free 60-day trial with no credit card required. From brick-and-mortar businesses to communicating with your Little League team, do email marketing the right way, professionally. How many times have you checked your email today? Log on to CaptainEmail.com, and thanks for listening to WS Radio.